Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Day 165 brings us to the Psalms, Psalms 27, 28, and 29. We say one chapter per day, but if you've been following this reading plan, you know that when we go to the Psalms, very often we'll take two or even three Psalms at a time because they're shorter. If you want more in-depth treatment of the Psalms, I did do devotionals on all of the Psalms that are available online in basically all the same places where you would find these. Uh, you can find our devotional series through all 150 Psalms. Let's pray and ask God to bless our time in Psalms 27, 28, and 29 today. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you give us in the Psalms rich language to pray and sing and pour out our hearts before you. Thank you that you also give us powerful portraits of Christ, who is the ultimate singer of the Psalms and the subject of the Psalms. We thank you for Jesus, our Savior. Write him on our hearts as we look to your Psalms today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 27, I said it's one of my favorites. It's a favorite for many. It's one of these Psalms that just is very sort of straightforward is how I put it. Like you can just very much straight pray it um, and it doesn't require a lot of interpretation or contextualization. Uh, it's from David, Psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. How long, O Lord, when I cry aloud? Hear, sorry, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me. And they breathe out, violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Amen. Psalm 27. It's just a passionate heart cry from David and ultimately of Christ, the greater son of David, as all of the Psalms are. We live in a fallen world. I don't need to tell you that. 
We live in a world of mass school shootings and violent attacks on churches where God's people are persecuted, where the innocent suffer at the hands of the wicked. We live in a world where Satan holds sway over the majority of people. He is the God of this world who has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see. The truth is suppressed in unrighteousness. Lies spread rampantly throughout the world. We live with broken and fallen hearts. We hate our sin, and yet we sin still because we also love our sin, and we feel trapped at times. And there are times when God feels a million miles away from us, and times when he feels closer to us than our next breath. And so we live in this kind of world. And we have, through David, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, a wonderful prayer of confidence and of longing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Light is all that is good and righteous and true. God is the one who sheds all goodness, all righteousness, and all truth in my life. And he is my salvation, my rescue from my enemies, from all of my enemies. So whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. If the Lord is the strength and my shelter, of whom shall I be afraid? Now, does that mean I don't have enemies? Of course, it doesn't mean I don't have enemies. Evildoers attack me. Satan tempts me to doubt and despair and sin and shame. I have real enemies who are seeking my destruction, and yet I will be confident. And the confidence is in the Lord. There's one thing, one thing that we need to have as the highest priority in our lives, the central passion of our hearts. And that is that we want to see and know and enjoy the presence of the Lord. One thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This was the one heartbeat of the Lord Jesus in his earthly life. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. He said, I've come not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. His last words, his very last words on the cross before he died was, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. From the time he was 12 years old and was in the temple, and he told his parents, I must be in my father's house, going about my father's business, to the time he uttered that last breath, into your hands I commit my spirit. His whole life had this one central focus that he would please the Lord and seek the Lord, his Father. And he knew that ultimately his salvation, which would come in his resurrection, would come from the Lord. And his resurrection is foretold in verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. This is a, a prophecy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was lifted up above all of his enemies. His enemies conspired together, the Herodians, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the zealots, they all conspired together to have him put to death. And Satan was empowering them. Satan filled Judas's heart to betray the Lord and to turn him over to these enemies who killed him. But then his head was lifted up above all of his enemies. He overcame every enemy, every opponent. And he is at the right hand of God the Father right now in the presence of the Lord rejoicing in the finished work of his salvation. So here we are in this world and we follow after Christ. We are Christ's followers. We are those who walk the path that Jesus walked ahead of us. 
And so we should have in our hearts a relentless desire to seek the face of the Lord. God has told us to seek his face. And so our hearts need to answer, your face, Lord, do I seek? And that means the, the one thing we don't want is for God to hide his face from us or to cast us off. We want God to take us in. We want God to love us and for God to be our help. So we need God to teach us our way, his ways, so that we can walk in the path of Christ-like trust and obedience. We need God to teach us and we need God to lead us. Teach us because we don't know the right way to go and lead us because we are prone to wander. So teach us and lead us, O Lord. Teach us and lead us, O Lord. That should be our prayer. And our confidence is that as we follow the Lord, we too will see resurrection even as Jesus has seen resurrection. That's ultimately what's prophesied in verse 15. I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, right now, we don't truly live in the land of the living. We live in the land of the dying. Everyone around us is in the process of dying. Dead spiritually, dying physically, maybe alive spiritually, but still dying physically. And so we wait for the Lord. We're strong in heart. We take courage when we wait for the Lord, believing this promise. We will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in the day of resurrection. That is our hope, and that is the anchor for our souls. Psalm 28 is also a psalm of David. To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest if you become silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of his hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. It's another beautiful prayer from David. Uh, it's a little bit more challenging in that he's praying against his earthly enemies, and he's praying for God to pay them back for the wrong that they've done. And in a New Testament context, we know that we're called to love our enemies and to bless those who persecute us. But still, that doesn't mean that we can't pray against the evil, wicked uh, people in the world that God would frustrate their plans and bring their scheming to an end. This is something that many Christians wrestled with when the war in Ukraine began and Russia invaded Ukraine. Do we pray against Vladimir Putin? Do we pray against the Russian army? What does it mean to love our enemies and to bless those who curse us and to pray for those who persecute us, pray for those who persecute us? Well, we can pray for their hearts to be changed. God can change any hearts, but we can also pray for their wicked plans to be thwarted. And that's part of what we pray here. 
is that those who have planned wicked against the evil, those who planned, sorry, those who planned wickedness against the innocent, those who planned evil against God's people, that God would change their hearts so that they would not carry out their plans or that God would frustrate their plans and bring them to nothing, that God would protect his people. And that is the right way to pray. We are, we are authorized by God's word to pray that way. Ultimately, the greatest thing would be the salvation of our enemies. Just as the Apostle Paul, when he was Saul of Tarsus, still known as, he was on his way to Damascus. He had letters from the Sanhedrin to imprison Christians and drag them off for trial and potential death. But God stopped him and God saved him and God changed him and God made him the leading apostle and missionary for the church. That's the best possible outcome for our enemies and for all of us. But God doesn't always do that. And so we can pray that God would frustrate their plans and their evil. But we look to God in trouble. We look to God to be our strength, our shield. We need to trust in him and not in ourselves. And that's the thing. We're praying to God for these things and we're trusting in God for these things. We're not taking things into our own hands and trying to make them happen. You know, you can get frustrated by cultural trends in America and things that you see going on around the world. You could say, this just isn't right. We've got to make it right. We're going to take up arms and we're going to lead a revolution and we're going to overthrow these. No, that is not what Psalm 28 calls us to. That's not what the Lord calls us to. We need to pray to the Lord. We need to bless the Lord. We need to seek the Lord. He is the saving refuge of his anointed, which is his Messiah, and all of those who belong to him. He is our shepherd, and he carries us forever. All right, Psalm 29, another Psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. If we're honest, if we're honest, sometimes we're not trusting in the Lord. And we're wanting to take things into our own hands because we don't really believe that God is either as powerful as the Bible says he is or that he will really come through for the rescue of his people. So we're tempted to want to take things into our own hands and make things happen because our confidence in the Lord is shaky. Psalm 29 is written to give us confidence in the Lord. It follows right on the heels of Psalm 28. The Lord is the strength of his people. He saves, he blesses, he's our shepherd to carry us forever. Well, how strong is our strength? How secure is our saving refuge? 
How powerful is our Savior? How mighty is our shepherd? And Psalm 29 gives us the answer to that, and that is he is mightier than we can ever possibly comprehend, both in the greatness of his power and his force, and also in the tender, loving care for his own. We see the power here in the voice of the Lord being over the waters and the God of glory thunders and the voice is powerful and the voice is full of majesty and it breaks the cedars. The cedars of Lebanon were these massive, strong, mighty trees. It was the trees that that David and Solomon used to build the temple and the royal palace because they were considered to be so strong, but the voice of the Lord snaps them like twigs, like toothpicks. But also notice in verse 9, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. So the voice of the Lord is tender toward his own. Even as he also strips the forest bare. So God is mighty and powerful beyond our imagination. And the Lord is good and gracious beyond our comprehension. And so we can rest in his strength, verse 11, and in his peace. And we're really not going to find rest anywhere else. You can search, you can try, you can struggle, you can strive. You'll not find the strength or the peace anywhere else but in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, what a blessing it is to know you, to be called by your name, to be your people, dearly loved, treasured, cherished, protected, kept. Because you've set your love on us, we are safe in your hands. Help us to have that single-minded devotion that says, your face, Lord, will I seek. One thing I've asked that I might gaze upon your beauty in your temple. We long to be face to face with you. And while we go through a troubled world that's full of turmoil and full of enemies, may we realize that our only strength and our only peace comes from you. For you are the God of our salvation, you are our shepherd, and you are our peace. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for day 165 and Psalms 27 to 29. Tomorrow, we are jumping back to Leviticus. Leviticus chapters 17 and 18 are on tap for the next two days. Hope you can join us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm-hmm.